With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Red Wave Report. The number one rated Fresno State podcast. The official free podcast of TheBarkBoard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Rique, being joined by the publisher of the Bark Board, Mr. Jackson Moore. Jackson, how's your week going after that loss? Uh, it's going okay, Lucio. I had the bye week for the Bulldogs to uh, kind of recharge. Um, went over to Berkeley for the weekend and covered Cal's game against North Texas, so I got a, a little bit of a different look at college football over the weekend, but now I'm getting ready to be back in Bulldog Stadium for uh the last home game for like four weeks for Fresno State. So I got to take this one in and enjoy this game week, even if it's uh, Sac State. I mean, even even when the Bulldogs aren't playing, Jackson doesn't shut it down. He continues <laughs> to take in more college football. Uh, but, you know, he, he, he's he got other obli- obligations he needs to take care of. He's got two, two or three other sites that he also works on. But, you know, this is the one. This is his bread and butter. <laughs> right, Jackson here at Bulldogs? I mean, you, this is the one that you mainly try to focus on the most. Oh, yeah. I've been working on BarkBoard.com in one capacity or another since 2010. I'm going on about a decade now, and uh, it's just been really fun to watch the site grow and go between we were Scout.com for a long time, and now we're with 24-7 Sports on CBS, and the the uh, um, infrastructure we have right now has just been awesome and it's really made our job a lot easier, and uh, we've seen Barkboard grow, especially the last couple of years, as I went from intern to part-timer to full-timer now, so uh, it's been a lot of fun, and I'm uh, hoping this is just kind of the beginning of this newest phase. Yeah, and, and you know, we've been doing what we can to continue to grow the website. Jackson is is the key proponent behind the success of the Barkboard, and uh, we'll continue to kind of keep pushing things forward. But, you know, that being said, you know, Bulldogs come off of a loss, had a bye week to kind of recover and lick their wounds, so to speak. Um, the coaching staff wasn't in the greatest mood after that last <laughs> game, uh, and some of the players were just looking a little bit down. I mean, what's the overall mood so far, what you were able to see in the last couple of weeks since their last game? Yeah, um, you know, coming off the bye week, well, talking to some players last week, it felt like they were, for the most part, over it. Um they call it the 24-hour rule. Whether it's a win or lose, they're supposed to get over it pretty quickly and, and focus on the next game. We've heard Coach Tedford ever since he's been here. You know, they've focused everything one at a time. Treat every game the same. So um, they were, you know, they were in good spirits last week, and I think this week more so. Perhaps they're a little more back into that mode, a game mode that they've got to get ready for Sac State. And just talking to a variety of players, you know, they. They may not have thought much of Sac State a few weeks ago, but with preparation going right now, there's been a lot of respect for this team coming in because 
they have won two games in blowout fashion and they really went to Arizona State and took those Sun Devils to the wire for the most part. So they know that this team's not going to be a pushover and uh, it probably won't be as easy as the last two 66-point wins the Bulldogs have had over FCS competition. But um, they just know that they have to keep their focus and be ready for this uh, Saturday. Yeah, so this game's going to it's going to be a little bit personal, especially for for the Sac State uh, Hornets, because you know this is a team that is loaded with Valley prospects that did not get uh, an offer from Fresno State, so they're probably going to be coming in with a chip on their shoulder, right, Jackson? Yeah, um, and this week's uh, we do a on the Barkboard.com. We have a first look preview we put out just about every Monday. And I do a section called the roster connections, and usually it's pretty slim. <laughs> like Fresno State, Minnesota, for example, there was like, I think two guys from California on the Gophers roster, and there's one guy for Fresno State that's from like Michigan, which is kind of close to Minnesota, I guess. <laughs> but um, this week, Sacramento State's got, I mean, a solid about 20 guys from the Valley, and I that's basically the Fresno and Bakersfield areas. There's uh, several more from modesto and hillmar and I, I had to cut it off at some point because it was just too long of a list it was going to take up the whole story so um yeah tons of, of players and not just local guys but familiar names you know i know I believe you've covered uh, miguel Car- garcia at sanger he's starting at linebacker over there from what i have seen uh jeremiah foster is another one at bakersfield christian i recall you doing some stories on lucio um, and then, like when you go to our key player stories uh, on defense, two uh, defensive backs kind of leading the way for Sacramento State: um, Marcus Bruce, a nickelback out of Bakersfield, then Alan Perryman, a safety from Lemoore. Uh, they've got a running back from Bullard, who is a true freshman, I believe, who is uh, carrying a lot of the load for them as well. Um, that would be uh, Marcus Fulcher. So. I mean, just about all over the place, you're going to see some Central Valley guys and uh, some players that are not only feeling pretty good about themselves at 2-1 and one right now, but wanting to make a statement in Bulldog Stadium. Yeah, especially, I mean, there's going to be players on there that uh, did get a look by Fresno State, but did not get an offer. So they're they're going to have something to prove that, hey, they, they should have been taken uh, by the Bulldogs at some point. But, you know, that was a different era. That was during... Uh, the Deruder era, when a lot of these Valley recruits were being overlooked for other areas. Maybe some of these guys might have landed on a Fres- this, uh, the current Fresno State team had the Tedford uh, regime already been in place. Maybe not. No one's really going to know uh, at this point. But some of those guys actually feel like they should have been part of this Bulldog team. Um, they wanted to be a part of this Bulldog team, but didn't get the opportunity. So, this Saturday, it's going to be their opportunity to to kind of show what they're made out of, and sometimes that can be a little bit dangerous for for the home team, right, Jackson? Yeah, I mean, we saw in Mountain West play Druder's last couple of years where it seemed like every week there was at least one Central Valley guy making the Bulldogs pay. Um, you know, this Sacramento State team with all those Central Valley guys, I'm not sure how many of them might have been potential scholarship guys, but as far as preferred walk-ons go, I mean. You see it right now. Coach Tedford's bringing in a lot of local guys that maybe didn't get that FBS offer but are wanting to get that opportunity. And if Fresno State will give them a walk-on shot, they're taking it. So maybe a lot of those kinds of guys that would have at least got their foot in the door at Fresno State and maybe earned that scholarship down the road, uh, they didn't get that opportunity. Or they may have taken a scholarship to Sac State instead of a walk-on opportunity. So 
a lot of those guys with something to prove on Saturday. So things things are going to be a little bit different this week. I mean, the Bulldogs, instead of coming in as underdogs, are actually supposed to be favored for once. <laughs> and so that kind of changed the mentality for the Bulldogs. They're not going to take their opponent lightly. Um, but, uh, you know, they should have a little bit more breathing room and a, a more of a, a size advantage when it comes to who they're playing this week. Right, Jackson? It's, it's going to be a little bit more in favor of the Bulldogs uh, as far as the matchups are concerned. Yeah, and schematically and effort-wise, the coaches have been very complimentary of Sac State, but looking at the sizes, it's definitely different from what they've seen the last two games. The guys that were 300 pounds the last two games are now 260 in some cases, like on the defensive line. Uh, so it's going to be a different approach, and we'll see if it favors Fresno State. You know, Sometimes the smaller guys can match up well against some teams, but... I think the Bulldogs will be kind of relieved they're not going to have any Pac-12 or, or Big Ten linemen in the trenches in this one. Yeah, it, it should help it should help quite a bit. So let's kind of break it down. You've got uh, uh, Sacramento State's offense. Let's start with them. They're they're going to have to come in and and basically try and match up to Fresno State's defense. Who uh, let's face it, a little ticked off right now. Um, they have something to prove, uh, especially after. Uh, the last performance where they were kind of struggling to kind of shut down Minnesota at some point uh, and kind of had to rely on a lot of penalties in order to do so. How do you think they match up? How does how does their offense match up against Fresno State's defense here? Yeah, I know they've been looking at that Arizona State film quite a bit because that's a familiar opponent for Fresno State. They just played them in a bowl game at the end of last season. Uh, so to see Sac State and Arizona State on film, uh, it's been a bit of a help for both sides of the ball. And while Sac State put up 77 and 50 points in their first and third games of the season, they only put up seven at, at Arizona State. So that's kind of the key to the blueprint to stop this Hornet offense. Uh, they are led by head coach Troy Taylor, who I believe four years ago was a co-head coach at, at a high school. So it's kind of a interesting background by this guy who was actually a, a Cal Berkeley uh, connection. He went there. He coached there. He was a radio broadcaster when Coach Tedford was coaching the Bears. So uh, they they have a little bit of a, a history. And uh, again, Coach uh, Defensive Coordinator for Fresno State, Burt Watts, was actually a player at the time while uh, – Coach Taylor was an assistant for the Cal Bears. So uh, there's a lot of familiarity around these coaches. Um, Coach Taylor comes from being a offensive coordinator for the Utah Utes, who won the or was the runner-up of the Pac-12 last season. So this guy knows his stuff on offense. Um, he has a quarterback who was supposed to be a senior last season and now has two extra years of eligibility, which is another weird quirk in this one. Uh, he was recovering from Tommy John surgery earlier in his career, and the NCAA gave him two extra years of eligibility. So while he looks like a junior on the roster, he is very much so a, a veteran. <laughs> See, if it's sixth, he's already a, a sixth-year senior, I believe. He'll get a seventh year. Graduated high school in 2014, so this is a should be as about as composed of a quarterback as you'll get uh, from an FCS team. Uh, they do like to run the ball quite a bit. They've got several running backs they will go to. Um, you know, and this was a team that was 2-8 and eight last year. So the fact that they are looking a little threatening is a huge surprise. And the one guy they had to hang their hat on, the only preseason Big Sky all-conference player from Sac State was a running back. Uh, and that running back is not 
the lead rusher right now. So uh, Elijah Dotson, things have changed a little bit for them. And they've been pretty successful against F- uh, common opponents, but uh, against Arizona State, it didn't go too well. Yeah, so I mean, they 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 seem that they've been able to kind of to kind of figure out how to kind of move the ball against some of these F some of these higher end teams, but um, you know they're they're coming into another hostile territory and and a team here locally that has everything to prove right now, and uh, you think that's going to kind of change how the Bulldogs are going to approach this one. I think they're going to have a little more freedom defensively to do what we've seen in previous years. Um, you know, against Minnesota, they kept getting killed on third and long, and it seemed like they weren't getting much pressure on defense to their quarterback. And it got to the point where they were dropping eight back most of the time because whether it was three, four, or five guys, those big old Minnesota offensive linemen were just holding that pocket together and. Uh, Tanner Morgan for the Gophers was really just able to find that one guy to pick up the 10, 12, uh, even more so yards in some cases. That's not probably not going to happen against Sacramento State in my mind. They're going to get a lot more pressure in the, at the line of scrimmage, and they're going to make life a little more difficult. Um, if they can get the Hornets into third and long, I think it'll be a much different story this uh, this week. So now, now let's switch gears a little bit, and let's let's see how the the Fresno State offense does against this Sacramento State defense. Granted, there's there's this this defense has done very fairly well in the last couple of weeks, especially against some big time opponents. You know they've got something to prove, and coming into Fresno, they're going to have even more to prove because it's the local team where a lot of these guys played and and wanted to play, and now all of a sudden. They're matching up against the team that kind of snubbed them, to say the least. How, how do you think the Bulldogs are going to match up here, you know, against a motivated Sacramento State team? Well, the biggest thing for Sacramento State right now is their run defense. I talked to offensive coordinator Ryan Greb last week during the bye, and the first thing I hadn't even asked about Sac State yet, and he says we're playing a team next week that's holding opponents under two yards of carry and I mean that's pretty impressive especially considering one of those teams was Arizona State and then they went out and did it even better uh, this past weekend against Northern Colorado shut that team out 50 to 0 and so the running game uh, the run defense numbers right now they're holding teams to 59.3 yards per game on the ground and 1.76 yards per carry (laughs) and so if they can replicate that against Fresno State it's not going to be an easy day for the Bulldogs Um, the the Fresno State really wants to be balanced they want to get the ball into Ronnie Rivers hands a lot more they want to get Josh Hokett involved in the running game more so than he has been and if they're stuck in second and third and long with no running game, then you put the hands game in Jorge Reyna's hands again, and uh, you know he probably won't get stuck in a similar situation where he's got to win the game on the last play or anything. But he is probably going to have to convert some big second and third and longs if the running game doesn't get going. So for me, that's the key for Fresno State. Um, looking back at the first two games, there's been some criticism for the running game, but I think. They've performed fairly well. They had to rely on Jorge Reyna to run the ball in week one against USC, but when they got him going with the read option, they ran for over 200 yards, which is more so than Fresno State would typically run for last season. And then against Minnesota, when you count the sack numbers, which college games do in the run game, uh, it doesn't look very good, but 
Rivers was touching or he was going for about five yards every time he touched the ball. And unless he was totally getting wiped out as soon as he touched the ball in that game, it seemed like he would slip and slide his way for at least five yards uh, or more so in a lot of cases. So um, I have faith in, in Ronnie Rivers in the run game that they won't get stuck under two yards per carry like Sac State's previous opponents have, but it's not going to be easy. And I have, I mean, it's not going to be 60 or 70 points. I don't think like the Bulldogs put up against Idaho last year or Incarnate Word the year before, but uh, I, I mean, as as daunting as those numbers look, I think the Bulldogs should be able to win this one without sweating too much. So it's going to be probably one of those cases where they're going to, you know, if they can't get the the run game going early, they're going to use the pass to set up the run. Uh, it's mm. going to probably be end up going that way. But if the Bulldogs are able to come out in the first drive, make a statement and run it and run it and run it and get a first down, that is going to put confidence in the Bulldogs and maybe a little bit of doubt in that Sacramento State defense <laughs> against the run and 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 maybe kind of wear them down as the game goes on. But, you know, there's a lot of talent back there in the, in the backfield with Ronnie Rivers being able to kind of get things going. And we'll, we'll see how he kind of stacks up against these these defenders, especially at that middle linebacker position. I know that, the, the like you said, there was one guy in there that, that I did uh, a lot of stories on that is at Sanger was the exact same was the exact <laughs> reason why the run game run defense was successful was because of him. He was a big part of it. And it sounds like he's doing it all over again over there at Sacramento State. So for the Bulldogs to kind of break that open down the middle might be to their advantage and might be able to gain them some confidence. And and we'll see what happens. Do you think they they kind of air it out again this this game uh Jackson just to try and get Jorge 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 Reyna's <laughs> confidence back. Uh, no, I think they'll take a balanced approach. I think they really do want to go back to the running game a little bit because it got a little overshadowed and against the Minnesota game, they got to a point where they did have to rely on the pass quite a bit, and this is really their opportunity to to show what they can do on the ground. Uh, you look at Sac State's defense; they run a four-two-five, which is a little surprising that they've been so successful. Uh, in the run game with um, less guys t- typically in the box. Um, they On the defensive line, they've got a 270-pounder and a 265-pounder wow. as their two defensive tackles. On the ends, there's a 245 and a 225. So, I mean, the Bulldogs, their offensive line has been outmatched the first two games, but they have a pretty big group of line. And uh, Dante Bull on the at tackle is... Like six six three thirty, Cyrus Tuatelli and Natania Muti. We all know they're two big guys on the line. And uh, Q Woodley, who has started the first two games at guard, is a guy that could potentially play tackle with his size. So everyone except Matt Smith is a big guy on the offensive line and should be able to get a good push in the running game. So I look for the running game first, and then this should be a game where we've seen Fresno State take advantage of their speed and athleticism at wide receiver compared to the FCS secondary opponents, kind of in the same light where the Bulldogs were undermatched the last two games. This should be their turn to open up the field and take advantage when they go to that. But I think they will go to the run game first, and then uh, if, assuming they can establish that, that should let Jorge Reyna really sit back and spread the field out and show some things that we haven't seen yet from him in the the passing game. Yeah, so it should it, it should be 
it, it should set up nicely for Jorge to have a, a, a fairly good night uh, being able to spread that ball around as long as the Bulldogs are able to get that run game going. If they, if they get that run game in gear, then there shouldn't be an issue whatsoever with Jorge and, and finding his wide receivers in time. Um, you know, things have kind of kind of come to light that the special teams for the Bulldogs is, as far as the kicking game, pretty solid. Yeah. <laughs> the run, the uh, return game, that's a whole different story, Jackson. <laughs> what is going on there? Yeah, I got some questions on our premium board, uh, you know, Users are always able to request content interviews, and so one of the big ones we got this, after the first two games was the kicking game, and so I talked with Coach Jamie Christian, who was really behind the scheme of it, and his answer was pretty simple. He says, we've been recovering kicks for the last two years, and it hasn't been a problem, and you only get asked about it when it's going wrong, <laughs> so he's not planning to change anything up schematically what they're doing, but they need to find whether it's different personnel or reteaching what it was on the kickoffs, uh, how to you know, cover and, and not get beat around the edge like they did against USC and not give up any other critical returns. Um, when it comes to field goals, though, with uh, Cesar Silva, Christian actually found him from his old high school, <laughs> which was interesting. Uh, Silva did go from that high school to College of San Mateo where they recruited him, but it was kind of that that background connection where they brought him in and they're not necessarily surprised like we are how good he's done and how he took over the starting job, but they have been very impressed with him. Yeah. So, I mean, it for a name, a, a guy that came in and no one knew about him uh, <laughs> until he started kicking in that first game. Um, he's done a very solid job of kicking the field goal. So that's, that's a highlight uh, on the special teams. There's still, Trying to figure out who's going to be doing the returns, I guess, uh, for the Bulldogs. They, they haven't quite kind of figured that one out yet, right, Jackson? Yeah, you know, even last year they rotated it, which is kind of, uh, you don't really see that too much. Um, even in one game, you would see different guys back there on the return jobs within the same game. Um so far, I think Carrick Wheatfall is expected to be that guy for Fresno State, but on one of his returns against USC, it was actually a pretty decent one. He got dragged down from behind and messed up his ankle a little bit. So um, he's in the process of not only returning but to the field, but you don't necessarily want a guy that's under 100% returning kicks. You've really got to have that top-end speed to, to make a difference. So uh, Wheatfall, I expect to be the guy going forward once he's ready to go, but it may take him a week or two still to, to get into that role. Now, talking about injuries, uh, Bulldogs have had a, uh, the injury bug has bitten them this year. Um, and, you know, any anything that you can tell us about what's going on on the injury front, uh, you know, if maybe there's anything, anybody that's recovering pretty close to coming back, um, may we see them, something like that. Well, what's going on with, on the injury front right now? Yeah, on offense, you know, before the season started, they've suffered the losses of three running backs due to injuries, which was a, a tough one. But they've gotten through the first two games out fairly decently. Um, Wheatfall on offense was really the one guy they lost who was not able to go against Minnesota, but he's been practicing even before the Minnesota game. If he's not ready to go by Saturday, he should be pretty close, and uh, we should see him involved by at least by conference play for sure at 100%. Um, but then 
the good news for Fresno State is that they've got uh, two guys on offense who are very close to seeing the field for the first time this year who were hurt all August, Amorye Edwards at wide receiver and Jace Fuamatu at offensive line. Those are two guys that are becoming very close to being cleared at 100%. So it's kind of week to week right now. We may or may not see them on Saturday, but we do know they should be, barring any setbacks, just about ready to go for conference play. And the same goes on the defensive line for Nico Thomas at defensive end. Um, He was a junior college recruit for this year's team who was expected to be an immediate contributor. And he hasn't been able to go yet, so we'll see now that he's getting close to being cleared as well if he'll actually be a part of the rotation or not. And the two losses in uh, the Minnesota game were Jasad Haynes and Chris Gaston, and those are probably the two question marks right now. I don't think Haynes was suffering anything too severe, but we saw last year he was battling an ankle issue all season long, and it looks like he may have something similar this season and Gaston has been kept a little bit quiet. I'm not exactly sure where he stands. And if he can't go at cornerback, then uh, Deshaun Ruffin's likely to replace his spot. So, uh, you know, with all the, you know, you mentioned earlier all the running backs that went down. Do you think that that's kind of played into why the Bulldogs have kind of stayed away from the running game a little bit just to try and see if they can keep their running backs healthy <laughs> up until this point? I think it's just been a, a kind of the flow of the game because – Hokit should be getting a lot more than one carry in two games. <laughs> and, uh, that has nothing to do with the availability of the running backs. That's just been the opportunities haven't been there for him. They had to go with Jorge a lot on the ground in week one, and then week two they went to the passing game a little bit more. But we should start to see that pretty soon. And I've heard Coach Tedford and Coach Grubb and Coach Christian, everyone saying they need to get the ball to Hoka several more times per game than they're doing right now, and we should see that. Uh, but beyond rivers and hoke that's where the questions lie and hopefully they can keep those two guys healthy and and that's why i asked that it's got to be a little bit <laughs> got to be by design there jackson it's got to be that they're trying to make sure that they don't have another running back go down and then they're really going to be in trouble <laughs> so you know it could have been a little bit by design but who knows like you said the opportunities just have not been there for them uh so that they've been kind of kind of playing it by ear as they go but you know switching gears now um how about recruiting we're we're getting to that point uh, in the season where some of this recruiting is going to really start to take off a little bit typically anywhere from october to december that's when things start to happen so we're getting fairly close to october and what do you see out there right now jackson a lot of a lot of recruiting going on yeah, uh, we had a list of visitors on the premium board after the first home game against Minnesota, and we should be seeing quite a few more coming in this weekend. Uh, but the Bulldogs used that bye week to recruit big time. Uh, Coach Tedford was all the way down in Southern California. Uh, other assistants were in the Bay Area. I mean, they went all over the state to lock in on their high-priority recruits. And uh, Coach Tedford even went out on Saturday with uh, the bye week. He was spotted with the San Joaquin Memorials game where wide receiver commit Mac Delana is playing. So they went heavy on recruiting this past week, and it was a good timing for Fresno State in that department because they only have five commits right now. But we should see maybe some more guys in at Bulldog Stadium this weekend, and uh, we'll see things start to ramp up in the ensuing months as more official visits start to happen. Now you got some guys who – who you kind of projecting or kind of on the edge there, Jackson, something that you can kind of, you know, throw out our, our fans out there right now. 
Um, you know, we do have a story on the premium board about a three-star defensive back who had a bulldog assistant at his game last weekend. Um, so that's one I know Fresno State's on pretty hard, but there's about a good ten or so guys that I look at that Fresno State's pretty much in the mix for. Um, they have five commits right now. I'm looking for a class size of maybe about 15 on signing day, so... They are able to be pretty choosy right now, and some of those targets have been known for a while, and I think we'll see some new additions in the next couple of weeks start to appear. Now, uh, there was uh, sightings of Coach Tedford down down south for uh, Jaden Casey. Uh, what more can you tell us about that? Is he still fully committed for uh, for the Bulldogs right now? You know, as far as we know, uh, it was good news to see Coach Tedford there and make sure everything's going smooth with that. There's been some... Uh, speculation about what Jake Hayner transferring into Fresno State may or may not do to that situation, and we, we don't really have a whole lot of clarity yet. But the fact that Coach Tedford was there can't be bad news. <laughs> the fact that they got to talk and see each other face to face, I'm sure, was good for both parties. So, uh, right now, Jaden Casey is publicly still committed to Fresno State, and if the Bulldogs can keep things smooth for another three months, then they should get a signature. Now this is the time that they you know all these other teams are really going to be pushing hard at KC right now. Uh, I mean, you even got an offer from Alabama, <laughs> but there's been other schools who kind of want him, but have been kind of shying away. Is that because they feel that he's too committed to Fresno State, or they don't want to waste their time? Yeah, that's kind of been the case. But this may be the time where they see the door creak open and more schools try to to make that push. And I've heard at least one school is making that push right now, but. Uh, as far as we know, Casey is still stayed locked in with Fresno State, and uh, we'll see what happens with these next couple months. Yeah, so the, the quarterback situation, very interesting right now. Very fluid over there at the Bulldog Stadium. Um, you know, there's been some outbursts from, from fans wanting maybe possibly a change at the quarterback position. Do the Bulldogs even entertain something like that at this point? Yeah, right now, as long as Jake Hayner is not eligible, then I don't think so. Um, if something happens where he were to get waived by the NCAA, then that's a different story. But we're not there right now. <laughs> and Right now, it's Jorge Reyna and two retro freshmen and two true freshmen, and the gap is very wide. And um, you know, You've got Ben Woldridge, who was a two-star recruit, as your backup right now. You've got Stephen Comstock, who is a, more of a runner, per se, who could bring something to the table with this game, but not necessarily perhaps ready to be the every down guy. So Reyna definitely is, you don't want to see him get hurt because I think fans will learn the hard way that that discussion <laughs> yeah. may have, should have been avoided. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm watching those discussions go down too. And I'm kind of thinking, you know what? Careful what you wish for. <laughs> Reyna is probably the guy you want in there. Um, you know, it's his first year at, at this level. So he naturally is going to have a little bit of jitters uh, at the beginning. And, you know, who doesn't when your first game is against USC and then Minnesota? I mean, you got to give the guy a little <laughs> bit of time to settle in. Um, he will get that opportunity this weekend. And and things if things go well, he should start to settle in. And, and then a lot of those questions will just start to disappear. Right, Jackson? Mm. Yeah, you know, for me, I got during the bye week, I got to go back and watch all the film, and it's almost the case for about the whole team. It's like 80% of the time they look 
pretty solid about the, what they were last year. And then there's a good 20% of the time where there's been mistakes being made, um, whether it's Reyna throwing some interceptions or some bad passes, <laughs> throwing in the dirt a couple of times, or the defense giving up third and longs. You know, the offense getting beat at the line of scrimmage and making life difficult for Reyna at times. It's like, it's not a, a talent issue that I'm seeing. It's more of a consistency issue right now. And whether it's chemistry or just overall experience, they haven't quite been there yet. And I think perhaps as the season progresses, they should start to get close to that mark. And these next five games are looking a little more difficult than we originally <laughs> prognosticated. Uh, yep. Sac State is definitely more competitive than the 2-8 and eight team we saw from them last season. Uh, Air Force comes off of an overtime win against Colorado. Uh, Colorado State and UNLV, who are uh, up next after Air Force, not you know they're about the record is about what we expected, but they've shown more fight and more offense, which could make uh, more difficult games for Fresno State than we expected. Um, New Mexico State, who comes after Sac State, is the one team that's been as bad as we anticipated. <laughs> but <laughs> otherwise, um, you know. It's not going to be quite a cakewalk the next couple of weeks for Fresno State to get clicking by November, but if they can get through these five games uh, without suffering another loss, they should not only be in a good spot chemistry-wise, but confidence-wise as well, because some of those wins are going to be tough ones to get. And it, and it should help set them up for another uh, West Division title uh, and, and, and make their way over to the Mountain West title game, because let's, let's face it, we got the only one team that we were kind of worried about was San Diego State, and they've been kind of Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde this year again, right, Jackson? Yeah, I mean, they're 3-0, and but it's been an odd 3-0. and They uh, barely beat Weber State in a 6-0 to game, which was bizarre. Um, they beat New Mexico State this past weekend, and in between those two games, they went on the road and beat UCLA, which has looked less impressive as the Bruins keep getting blown out by other teams as well, but... I mean, 3-0 and nonetheless, and uh, they do look a little bit better than they did in that 6-0 Weber State wins. They look a little more threatening right now. Uh, Nevada has a Power 5 win. They also have an ugly blowout loss. Um, Hawaii has two Pac-12 wins. They also have a blowout Pac-12 loss. So there's some teams that can compete in the West for sure, but... Um, Fresno State should still be at the top of that conversation. Yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be another one of those interesting years because uh, the the teams that are supposed to probably give Fresno State a challenge, you know, one week they look excellent, the other <laughs> week they look like they're they're a Division two team. So it it's kind of odd to see this mm-hmm. year. Uh, I mean, people could say the same thing about Fresno State, but they've had two quality opponent opponents here early on, and uh, they're gonna get the benefit of a, a you know they had a bye this past week they play Sa- Sacramento State and then don't they get a bye after Sac State they play at New Mexico State I- the following week and then that bye so okay so they get two byes yeah okay um <laughs> 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 uh, hopefully uh it should be it should work in the Bulldogs favor yeah it, it may kind of hinder them as well as far as not being able to kind of keep the that momentum going but at early on, when you're dealing with a lot of injuries, it's probably going to work in Fresno State's uh, favor at this point right now. But you know, that being said, I mean, this podcast was—we already knew it was going to be a little short this week, so we're gonna th- we're gonna throw in a little bit of basketball right now, Jackson. What have you, what have you been seeing so far uh, that kind of gives you hope for this upcoming season with this Fresno State team? 
Yeah, um, you know, while it doesn't help this season, they have been recruiting very well, which has been exciting to see. Uh, while the Bulldogs lost to Minnesota on the football field, there was two basketball recruits who chose Fresno State after attending that game. So the Bulldogs got a win of sorts from that <laughs> evening. Uh, they brought in Leonardo Colomario, who is actually from Brazil. He's playing out of Utah right now. And he's a six foot seven athlete who could potentially be a point guard for Fresno State. So a very intriguing player, uh, very lengthy, of course, and uh, just kind of a glue guy who can get his teammates involved. And comes with a three star rating. Offers from Colorado, Washington State, BYU, Utah State, some pretty solid programs. So a good get for Fresno State there. They also got a guard, Destin Whitaker, out of Illinois, the uh, Chicago area. He is a six foot five guard, known for his shooting abilities, and the Bulldogs already had seven footer uh, Braxton Maya locked up from San Joaquin Memorial. So that's I mean three commits this early is pretty good for the basketball team. They can sign those guys all up in November and focus in mostly on the season from then on out, which is uh, starting to take shape. We've seen the schedule come out. Uh, some interesting games at Oregon, uh, a neutral game against St. Mary's in Sacramento. They go to Cal. Uh, there's going to be some games where we learn quite a bit about this team, which is going to look a little bit different after losing Braxton Huggins and Deshaun Taylor, most importantly. Yeah. So the you know this season is going to be it's going to be interesting. I mean, they're they're really working on trying to get some of those big bodies in here. By the sounds of it, they're they're getting some pretty big guys, right? Yeah. Jackson? Uh, right now, they've got Asan Juf on the roster, who is uh, seven foot one, I believe, <laughs> and about two seventy five <laughs> on the weight uh, on the scale. Uh, so it's going to look a little bit different. Last year they were kind of undersized, and they ran with it. They were fast up and down the court. They jacked up a bunch of threes, but we're going to see maybe a little bit of a transition with a seven footer this year. Uh, Juve actually seven foot two, and then Maya coming in at seven foot. I think it'll be the first time ever, if I'm not mistaken, that Fresno State will have two seven footers on the same team, and then just a whole bunch of guards being recruited right now. Uh, this year they have Noah Blackwell and New Williams, who are two seniors that are basically going to lead that that court. And then after that, uh, you're going to have a whole bunch of underclassmen and incoming recruits that are going to be, uh, I mean, they're all pretty promising guys. So it'll be interesting to see who emerges over the coming years and how this team evolves as they have more personnel that Coach Hudson's recruiting himself. Yeah, so it's going to be, should be a fun season to watch, especially with those big bodies in there and 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 trying to change things up a little bit new coaching staff um trying to get their their you know still trying to get their system in so it's going to be going to be fun to watch i'm actually looking forward to this upcoming basketball season and i'm not really much of a basketball fan so <laughs> you know that's that's usually how how it works uh but that being said jackson any final thoughts any final news you want to report on uh just you know, we got through the bye week and we're back into game mode. So all the typical stories you're used to seeing will be back on the boards. Um, we'll have our practice reports both on the free side and the insider stuff on the premium board. We will have our prediction stories that come out every Friday before uh, kickoff, where we give our, our thoughts on what's going to happen. And um, yeah, I mean we've got a lot to to get posted on the website. So keep checking in on barkboard.com and see what we've got for you. Yeah, so, you know, always check out the Bark Board as we continue to to bring you all the latest news uh, that we can dig up as far as recruiting uh, or any type of 
behind-the-scenes kind of news that we're able to kind of get for you. Um, but, you know, if you if you need to, to reach Jackson or I at any point, you can do so by heading over to the boards and leave us a message there. Or you can find us on Twitter, uh, JacksonMoore247. You can find me on Twitter at RedWaveReport. You can go over to our Facebook page and give it a like as we continue to to move forward and, and try to get as many people uh, on that page as we can. Uh, and, you know, just make sure you join us again back next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.